savings rate is is definitely important and that can really move the needle on on when you retire and, and if you have that savings rate much greater that may mean you have the work optional lifestyle even sooner than than you thought welcome to the perfect game retirement podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at black oak asset management ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the windup and the delivery. Thanks for joining us on Perfect Game Retirement. I'm Ben George alongside Ryan Letney as president and financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management. Also, a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro. You maybe have seen his book as well. Don't Strike Out Lessons for a Winning Life in Retirement. And today we're going to get his thoughts on some of the biggest assets that we have in our portfolio. They maybe we're not paying enough attention to. And for one reason or another, these things often get overlooked or we're not putting as much time into them as we need to because this is a big part of the puzzle and a huge pieces that make up our, our financial success. So we're going to run through that list today. But Ryan, I want to open up the show today. And, and I know you're a sports guy and I don't think I've ever met a, uh, an athlete or somebody involved in sports that doesn't have a superstition of some, of some type, right? So do you have a good luck charm, lucky number, any kind of superstition that you kind of carry to this day? Yeah, I guess I'm I'm guilty of it a little bit. Um, in the days that I was I was playing, it, it, you know, it's <laughs> I was in the minority as far as people having good luck charms or lucky numbers. I mean, I did try to stick to uh, a number, but you know, a lot of it has to do with when you're in the minor leagues. I mean, you just get what you get, and so <laughs> you know, you get certain size jerseys or certain numbers, and so you just can't. I don't know. It's just hard to. It's hard to pick those certain numbers, but uh, so I don't. I didn't really have a good luck charm, if you will, or a superstition. Um, I, I did. I did believe in routines, uh, and, and maybe that's a fine line there. Uh, and when I say routines, like I didn't, you know, like wear the same pair of socks, you know, every single time I pitched, or had have to have the same lunch or dinner from the night before. But I think having a certain routine that you go about your day. Because at that level, I mean, it, it is a job. And, and so that's the way I, I looked at it. You know, it took a little bit of the fun out of the game. And, and you know, you go from playing high school ball directly into to playing professional sports. And so that part was very different. But having routines and, and figuring out those routines along the way, I think, gets you in the right mindset because superstitions, they just, again, to me, they just don't mean anything. And so if you're mentally hanging your future on a superstition or, you know, I, I play with a lot of guys that had to have a certain bat. And so, you know, if they're on a hitting, hitting streak, you know, you don't mess with anything. And so you keep <laughs> using the same bat until it breaks. So I, I get that. I understand that. And so I was probably guilty of that uh, here and there. But again, mine was more about routines, but gosh, some of the superstitions that, that I saw, I, I wish I'd have had a, a journal of, of writing everything down of my daily experiences because I could definitely publish another book because I saw <laughs> some uh, some crazy superstitions out there that to me I just kind of look at it and shake my head and say that has nothing to do with your with your ability or success. Yeah, and as, as like fans, we do the same thing too. Like you know, got to be in that same chair, got to wear the same <laughs> shirt, got to get to the game at the same time, whatever it is. But yeah. you're not as much. You're not you're not on that extreme side. It sounds like so. Uh, that's interesting to hear. Well, let's jump into our, our main discussion today. Uh, are you paying enough attention to your biggest assets? This is, uh, I think, a, a pretty important discussion because you know a lot of times we just we we make our investments. We're always kind of pushing forward and plotting ahead and, and looking at our next step and kind of where we're headed to, and we forget about some of the things that we've already either purchased or invested in that are still 
very important pieces to our financial success. So I've got five items here I want to uh, throw your way and, and, and tell me why, you know, we're overlooking these number one, but why we should be putting a little more thought into each one of these items. And I want to start with uh, your 401k. I, I think a lot of people, I don't know for me too, I, you know, we, we, we change careers, we, we have a 401k or some type of retirement account that from an old employer that we, you know, we've invested in and hey, I'll, I'll check that back out at retirement. But there's some other things we're going to be doing with that, and maybe getting better use out of that money, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we'll get to kind of consolidating older 401ks because I think that's a huge, huge component. But like your current 401k, it is amazing how not everybody, but I've seen how some people just take that with a grain of salt. I mean, that's going to be probably your biggest uh, nest egg when you do get to retirement. So you know, taking a little bit of time and asking questions. Is, is very important. Now, sometimes the blame is on the employer or the advisor on the 401k account because, you know, people get a job and whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, or 50s, and then you get a new job and you get all these benefits and then you get a kind of a sheet thrown in front of you or a login, if you will, with their 401k plan and, okay, go in and pick. And for some people, that's like, reading another language. They they look at those funds and say, I don't I have no idea what to pick. Well, when that happens, there's a variety of things that happen. Some people may just be too ashamed of asking questions or not know where to go to ask questions. And so what is the default? Well, a lot of people pick a target date fund. They say, okay, I'm, you know, 40 years old and I'm going to retire in 20 to 25 years. So let's pick a target date fund that is going to be when I retire. Well, the problem I have with those, I'm not saying they are bad investments, and that goes back to our, our previous episode, whether things are good or bad. It's not bad that you have a target date fund, but you need to know what that target date fund does and how conservative or how risky is it when you do get to retirement. Because every every big company out there has a target date fund, whether it's Schwab, Vanguard, Fidelity, T. Rowe, Pry- I mean, you go down the gamut and they all have a target date fund. Well, if you compare all of those institutions and their funds, a 2030 fund across all the different players out there is completely different. And so when you compare those, you just need to be aware of, okay, if that suits you, then great. You just need to know how much risk you're you're taking on. So that's why sometimes I don't like those as a default, like thinking, oh, you just put it in there and set it and forget it and you're going to be good forever. So, But knowing your investment options, I've seen 401k plans that have terrible investment options. I mean, they just, and it's not because of the number of investment options they have. Most most good plans are going to have 20 to 30 funds because if you start getting more than that, then it's overwhelming. It's paralysis by analysis. So knowing your investment options, but also too, knowing if you have a Roth component to your 401k. That's, that's probably the biggest question that people need to ask now. And it's, it's a question that I've asked my clients and, and many of them have said, no, we don't have access to a Roth 401k. And we open up their login and it, it doesn't say Roth 401k, it says after tax. So you have a pre-tax bucket and an after tax. Well, that after tax is the Roth 401k. So I'm very biased toward the Roth. I just, uh, any money that we can put away and it grow tax-free, I'm all about it. Um, So know that option. And one last thing, there's one thing to know if you can have the ability to do in-service distribution. So an in-service distribution is where you can roll money out of your current 401k to an IRA. So let's say your 401k plan is not great. Some plans allow an in-service distribution that you can take money 
and not take it home because you'll get taxed and penalized if you did that. But that means taking it from your 401k and rolling it directly to an IRA. Most people don't realize they can do that. And so just check with your plan. It should be in the plan documents if they allow in-service distributions, which for a lot of people is a great strategy uh, to use. That's a lot of things to be thinking about, but I think you make a good point because I know like when I first opened up my first 401k with my employer, I just assumed that, you know, hey, they gave me 20 things I can invest in. These all must be good investments because why else would they pick these out for us, right? I mean, you feel like there's no way they can be leading us astray, but I guess there's a, a lot more you should be paying attention to. And you don't realize that. I think it's just, you know, being naive in a lot of cases. And that's just kind of where we are because we aren't, we aren't trained in those aspects, especially at a younger age. That's right. I mean, it depends on the plan and your employer and the advisor who's on the account. I mean, yeah. you know, your employer, they're worried about the company, you know, not, I'm not saying they don't put emphasis on the 401k, but the 401k is just kind of an ancillary benefit. And, you know, the business being profitable is probably their, their number one concern in a 401k is just something that's added on. Yeah. Well, our, our second one on this list, uh, biggest assets we're not paying enough attention to, is your house. And, and for a lot of people, this might be your, your number one top asset in your portfolio. So, I mean, look, I buy a house, I'm paying my mortgage. I got, you know, X amount of years till it's paid off. What else should I be thinking about? Yeah, your house is, is definitely, well, I'd say it's probably the most overlooked. And so most people's goal is when they get to retirement to have a paid for house. I get it. Does that always happen? Absolutely not. And so to have a plan to either, okay, how long is this going to take me to pay off? Maybe I won't be able to pay it off. You know, can I afford this on a monthly basis, depending on what kind of income I'm taking? But also, I mean, the trend now is is downsizing. You know, you have these families who have these big houses and then boom, kids are gone. And now you're cleaning, you know, a house that you only set foot like in three different rooms. And so a whole top floor, you never go in because that was where your kids were at. But so downsizing is is the most common thing, but also too, you know, I'm not, this isn't like specific advice, but there's always the option of a, a reverse mortgage. Uh, that, that's an untapped resource that can help pay for uh, what we talked about in a previous episode, like long-term care needs. I mean, you may have huge amounts of equity and maybe you don't have a lot of um, liquid assets. And so instead of draining all of your liquid assets to pay for certain things, maybe it is a reverse mortgage. Uh, again, not specific advice there, but some people have a lot of money locked up in their house and they can access that that money uh, to pay for long-term care needs if they if they need to. Gotcha. Well, the next one is another thing that uh, similar to a house, you kind of pay into for a while and you don't really think about it until it's time to worry about it. And that's your social security. But why, why, what could we, be, I guess more so not why, but what can we be paying attention to with our social security to, to really get the most out of this asset? Yeah. I mean, there's hundreds of different ways that you can file and claim for social security for a married couple, for a, a single filer. It's a little bit more straightforward, but however, it, you know, there's rules and regulations on if you're divorced and you were married to that spouse for longer than 10 years, then you do have access to their potential benefit. Anyway, there's a lot of little nuances. So knowing the ins and outs of how to claim in the different strategies for Social Security can be a huge difference, hundreds of thousands of dollars of difference, just knowing the different strategies. Now, if you go to the Social Security office or call them, they can't give you advice. They just tell you if you claim it at what age, 
here's what you get. Now, if you have certain questions already prepared, sometimes they can shed light on that, but you're not going to have someone dig deep and figure out what is the best solution for you. So that's where going to someone who, who knows what they're talking about with social security is, is a huge, huge part of that. And that's something we walk our clients through because it can be several hundreds of thousands of dollars difference, depending on how long each person lives and the amount of benefit that you get. So there's so many variables, but just claiming it at a certain age because you think social security is going away is not a good strategy to, to use to claim for social security. Gotcha. Well, some, definitely something to talk about with an advisor uh, as, you're, as you're trying to plan out that uh, future income. Uh, the next one on our list is not as specific, but it, you know, it's, <laughs> let's kind of walk through this. So the idea of your future savings potential, and I think you might ask, well, what do you mean that's an asset? Well, you know, as you get a little bit older and closer to retirement, you have some prime years and first for earning, but on the flip side of that, to put some of that money away and really catch up in savings. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, there's there's plenty of studies out there that show, you know, in your 50s and 60s is is sometimes your highest income earning years. And also too, you know, if you have kids, I mean, they by then maybe they're off the the payroll, so to speak, and they're on their own. In your 50s and 60s, those years leading up to retirement, your savings rate is much more important than your rate of return. Obviously, rate of return helps. I get that. I'm not I'm not uh, uh, stupid to that, but it, it's your savings rate. If you can really plow away money, whether that's paying debt off or saving in various accounts, but your savings rate is huge because your expenses are usually lower. Again, like we just talked about in point number two, if we're downsizing and get in a smaller house, okay, our overhead's going to be less on a monthly basis. So savings rate is is definitely important and that can really move the needle on on when you retire and, and if you have that savings rate much greater that may mean you have the work optional lifestyle even sooner than than you thought i talked to a person yesterday and of course you know lump sum options are a huge thing now so companies who did have pensions are offering these lump sums and you look at savings rates and taking lump sums and okay maybe you can retire sooner uh, sooner than you think goes back to having a plan for those things well, the last one, you kind of touched on this a little bit ago. Um, so let's go ahead and wrap, close it out on this note. The fifth one on our list is consolidating your smaller accounts. I mean, th- you know, something that people have is they, like you said, they, they add up these a 401k here, maybe a Roth over here. And all of a sudden you, you look around and you got five, six or more smaller accounts that you have to sit around everywhere. Yeah, consolidation, you, you got to do it. I mean, because it's, you mentioned before, it's so easy, you know, an old 401k that's got $4,000 in it. It's just easy to forget about those things. And, you know, if you forget about them long enough and you don't have any response to it, then sometimes it can go to unclaimed property with the state that you're in. And I've, I've had to deal with that with clients before where maybe they changed addresses and addresses and they didn't update those. And so if you get a certain amount of correspondence over a certain number of years, that money can be handed over to the state. Now you can get that money back, but it's a it's a pain to have to go through their process depending on what state you're in. So it, it can go to unclaimed property with the state of Georgia. So consolidating those accounts, have them in one place. So optically the, all that money is in in one place and you can you can obviously have planning strategies around that, whether that is doing Roth conversions or changing the allocations. Because a lot of times that old 401k that may be 20 years old has just been sitting in one fund that you have no idea what it's in and it, it could be allocated very differently. So just, and it's funny during this time right now with people paying, having more time on their hands, it's amazing how many people 
existing clients that have like, oh, I've been meaning to do this. And, you know, here's their, their old 401k or old simple IRA that we're having to roll over just because they had time to pay attention. Right. Well, this, this conversation got me uh, thinking about this, this mailbag question that came in. So I want to ask you this one that kind of ties into our conversation. It comes in from Trevor and Buckhead. He says, can you clarify whether I can start my social security benefit and still earn an income or not? I've heard different things and I'm confused about my options. Yeah. And that's a great question. And again, that's going to be a kind of a deeper dive into Trevor's specific situation where it depends on what year he was born in and when he wants to claim and if he is earning income. So if you get, so there's a term called FRA, full retirement age with social security. So most people are, is 67. Now there's, there's some people that are get on the doorsteps of retirement that it's 66 in a few months, but it, it's gravitating up to where 67 is going to be the FRA or full retirement age. So once you get to full retirement age, you can earn any amount of income that you want and you don't pay, don't have any reduction in your social security benefit if you decide to claim. Well, more times than not, if you're still working full time, you know, again, not specific advice, but you probably just don't want to, you know, kick it down the road because the, the, the longer you delay it, the bigger your benefit is going to be. Now there's a break even analysis you can do with what ages you claim it at. And I get that. And, you know, health is plays in a part. If you're married plays a part in that. But if you do claim social security before your full retirement age, you do take a haircut, if you will, or it's the, the amount, the benefit is lowered if you do claim before your full retirement age and you earn a certain amount of income. And that's where you kind of need to dive deeper into that specific situation. But there is instances where you, you can get a lesser benefit if you claim before your full retirement age. So definitely seek some advice on that one, Trevor. Yeah, and it's good, Trevor, that you're asking the question. I mean, that's that's part of our conversation today on overlooking these these big assets that you have in your financial plan. And Social Security, as we mentioned, is one of those. So to be asking those questions, uh, you're probably already kind of ahead of the curve. So thanks for that question, Trevor. If you ever have a question or anything on your mind and you want to ask Ryan, you can send it in to blackoakam.com. You can also call Ryan's office, 470-508-0508, and uh, he'll be happy to help you out there. And you can also get online and schedule your Retirement Coach 360 session right there as well. And uh, you make time to, to sit down with Ryan and go over some of these assets, reevaluate your 401k and and consolidate those those accounts into one or two accounts rather than 10 or 12 accounts. And, and Ryan can help you through that process. So Ryan, appreciate the time. Um, this is an important topic. Again, these are, these are all big, big assets that uh, you, know, you wouldn't think that you're overlooking, but there are some things you should always be considering. And that's what an advisor is there to help you with. Yeah, it can be easily overlooked, especially with uh, time going by quickly. But yeah, it's, it's something that uh, if you don't pay attention to, it'll, it'll sneak up on you. Well, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, make sure you check out all the episodes of the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast right there online at blackoakam.com. Until next time, I am Ben George. He's Ryan Ledd. Thanks for listening to this episode. The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta, Cartersville, and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. 
Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledden, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Black Oak Asset Management and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.